Fika with Anika. The word Fika is used as both a noun and a verb and is derived from the Swedish word for coffee. The Swedish coffee break is a moment to literally leave work behind. Taken at three in the afternoon, it's not a strategy for multitasking or for fitting in another mini-meeting. It's a chance to relax in the company of colleagues or friends. The key is to pause your day. So, brew up some coffee, grab a seat, and embrace Fika. So here we are. It's Wednesday afternoon again, and thank you everyone for listening into Fika with Anika. I'm here with my guests, and I know I'm going to mutilate the last name, so I think I will just introduce uh, Mr. and Mrs. Tony. Anzuris. Anzuris. And uh, Stephanie. Anzuris. Anzuris, yes. Um, I heard through the grapevine that uh, there was some interesting cooking happening in town. And saw on Facebook, uh, Tony's uh, Facebook page, and where he'd mentioned, um, uh, or asking the community, you know, what kind of foods would the community be interested in if he was ready to open up a restaurant. And so there's, there's the, the background story. That's how I uh, got introduced to Tony the first time. And so uh, with that said, um, let's just talk food. Right. So we, 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 we don't just limit ourselves to uh, one style of cooking and one type of cuisine. Pot stickers? Yes, pot stickers. I mean, mm -hmm. we, we, we stopped eating out at a lot of places because it was getting too expensive. When we well, realized, not only that, you eat better at home than you do out there. Mm -hmm. yeah, at least say, you know what you're putting yeah. in it. When we realized we could do this at home. That's my, oh, my yeah, broccoli beef. Oh, yeah, beef and broccoli, yeah. Yeah, yeah we went, we've, we've gone to several different restaurants and have they have just fallen so short on flavor and um presentation mostly fast food though mostly fast food but some other restaurants like like the panda express we went there not too not too long ago and we went there for like fried rice and beef broccoli and it it was so disappointing, and there was n barely any flavor or veggies in it, and I was like, I really am just like, I, I'm craving this still, but I don't want this now. I want you to make it at home now. <laughs> I can certainly understand. Shrimp fried rice. Yeah. yeah. Shrimp fried rice. Right. But I'm sure, you know, if you didn't go to a chain like a Panda Express, but you actually went to like a mom and pop place, mm -hmm. that, would be, that would be more like eating. There was eating one particular restaurant in uh, Austin that I loved. It's called Xiao. And they made the noodles right in front of you. Oh. Um, where they actually stretched them out yeah. and then rolled them on the table and folded them and stretched them anymore. They made eight into 160, something like that, out of nowhere. And then they, they put that portion down and they, I mean, it's done in an instant, you know? It was so cool to have the experience of watching it go from a lump to like a thousand noodles almost. And then the and sauce then, that they And then to in. your plate right right in front of you, eat like that quick. So it's not right. just entertaining, but it, it's delicious. It was. And, and while it was you're hungry so and watching, you're, 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 you know you're going to get something that's fresh and delicious. Right. And there's not too many places that do that. You know, I, 
I like the open window kitchen. Um, I mean, it, it forces the, the cooks to keep it clean. And, uh, you know, and it puts them on the spot. It gives them a little chance to show it off, you know. So why do you get to the point of being so good at what you do if you can't let other people see that you're, you enjoy doing it? I would love for people to see me tossing food, you know. Of course. I'm not about to flip a pancake in public because, <laughs> yeah, you know, anything could happen. And here's some, here's some Italian. Nice. Uh, some pappardelle with uh, uh, bolognese. I'm getting hungry. It's at the end of the day here, so it's like, oh, showing me food. Yeah. yeah. Actually, so do you make your own <clears throat> pasta? Uh, we we are about to. Okay. We Thanks. actually just bought a pasta maker off of out of a yard sale, and we haven't been able to use it yet, but we have been looking forward to because we got, like, the stand for making the noodles and everything, so we're super looking forward we'll to our, it. We'll make our own hummus. Hummus, oh, like okay. hummus, however it said. Yeah. He makes his own barbecue sauce. Yeah, our bar the barbecue sauce that I make is not uh, standard. It's not made with any ketchup or mustard, uh, which most of our barbecue sauces these days are. Um, like I mentioned, I'm, I was getting tired of that same flavor from everything because it's bottled and packaged that way. Right. So uh, I had this idea in my head. What if we just used fresh ingredients? What would it taste like? What would, how would it last? How would it work? So I went on a little science project of my own. While in college. While, while in culinary school. Excuse me. And uh, it came out beautifully at home. And I decided uh, in my college 101 class, we were told that we needed to bring something in from our particular um, major. You know, if you, were, uh, if you were a musician, they wanted you to bring in some music. If you were an art decorator, they wanted to bring some designs. And here I am in culinary thinking, they're going to love my cooking. I got to bring in some I got to bring in some food. I brought the barbecue sauce. Okay. And the, uh, the way we conveyed it was instead of, you know, sucking on a spoon or something, I put some beanie weenies in little shot glasses, and I poured the sauce in, hot sauce. So I gave everybody a little okay. glass with two beanie weenies. And there was, I, like, I turned my back and it was, everybody was sucking their cups out. <laughs> so I got an A right away and I knew this sauce was something. So uh, I took it to the Austin, uh, the Austin Hot Sauce Festival for 2010. And uh, even though it wasn't a hot sauce, I got an honorable mention in the local paper. So uh, Congratulations so, on that. Thank you. That let okay. me know that it had some standing, yeah. even though it wasn't quite the criteria they were looking for. And ever since then, I've been bottling it. I've been making it on special occasions. I use that sauce, actually, the day that I proposed to my wife. So That's the, somehow very romantic. I, yeah. It's like, it, right. So that's my favorite, favorite barbecue sauce. I'll put it on burgers, hot dogs, ribs, everything. I love that sauce. Actually, the ribs that you have have the barbecue sauce on it. Oh, I can't wait to get into the, yeah. <laughs> it right. is the best barbecue sauce. And like, people are, that have been having it from the, from the meats over here at the bird place, and from Ann's and Knight's where he was selling the pulled, um, yes. pulled pork sandwiches, everybody's been doing some really good 
um, reviews on the barbecue sauce itself. And I'm really glad because this barbecue sauce is amazing and it's his own creation. And so I'm, I'm really glad. So I'm not going to ask you what your secret ingredients are. In well, I'll way. tell you all the ingredients. It's not a, it's not a problem. Well, uh, the, the, you want to tell the whole world? We don't have to, but I was just wondering, uh, fresh ingredients, are you using anything that's locally grown here? Or? No, it's the New Mexico chili pod. Oh. That's what uh, the uh, dark brick red color comes from. Yes. Um, and that's the main ingredient. I, I use the pulp. I, I uh, soften them in some hot water. So they're dried and then you soften them. Right, mm -hmm. right. you got to rehydrate them before you use them, otherwise you got to pick your teeth all day. Yeah. But that the, the flesh of the actual pepper itself, when you get them dried, is never really dry. It's like nature's fruit roll-up. You can just bite off a piece. It's gummy. It's chewy. And it has uh, hints of cherry, smoke, vanilla. It's just a beautiful uh, flavored pepper. It's not hot at all. The heat is just table pepper, black pepper. So that, that's, that's, that's all you know, that, that's in there that makes it you know, a little bit kickish. Uh -huh. But you don't you don't need very much. The thing that gives it its tart is apple cider vinegar, and that gives it its sweet is an unrefined brown sugar. That's it. That's all the ingredients. Wow, it doesn't get simpler than that. No, and, and I find that you know, even in sushi, they don't add anything to it. They give you raw and cooked rice, and that's it. Sushi is very straightforward, but it can be sublime, and that's the idea: is to look for something that you don't have to add too much to, that you're just bringing out the flavor of. And, and, and that's what makes food gourmet, is when you can taste everything in it. Right. Nothing is overpowering the other one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, my wife one time gave me an apple and said she wanted to eat some, some stuff with the apple. I didn't know what to make. So I made caramel apple oatmeal. Oh, that looks delicious. My oatmeal has never looked like that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, it's it's the thing, you know, when you have certain things, it, you, you get creative. I don't, I like oatmeal, I love oatmeal, don't get me wrong, but I, was, I wasn't craving a caramel apple oatmeal. So I made caramel apple empanadas. Oh, goodness gracious, that's even better. <laughs> and these happen to be air fried. So if, you, oh. if you've ever used an air fryer, you know it's kind of hard to get that brown. Yeah. But uh, we found tricks. You know, okay. Wipe a little butter on it. Uh-huh. It'll help. Um, one of the things that uh, we were doing very well with is frittatas. Do you like frittatas? I do. Well, this is a, a regular just frittata with a little cilantro on top. It's like a quiche, but no crust. Mm -hmm. And it's... It's made with egg and potatoes, sausage, cheese, tomatoes, onions. In a cast iron. In a cast iron pan. Put from, from, the, from that fire into the oven and finished. Mm-hmm. And uh, you serve it like a pizza. Just cut a slice off, put it on someone's table. Or you can take the whole pan and flip it upside down, and the whole thing comes out onto a plate, and it looks like a pizza on there. Oh, and yeah, it's got the uh, the browning yeah. from, from the from, from the yeah. Cast but I like to reflip it to show the top because yeah. the, the top <clears throat> is the thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, you and know, then but, I put um, like pico and sour cream on top, and pico oh. de gallo. Yeah. Not everybody knows what that stuff is. That's a fresh kind of I, a okay. salsa. Okay. Right, yeah. I wasn't sure. You know, no, but you're right. You know, especially on the on the radio, people may not always know what we're talking about. But that, yeah, and uh, here are some uh, some calzones. Okay. As a, as you can see, we're not pigeonholed into one corner of the culinary world. 
I've I've been um, ever since going to college uh, for this. We've we've tried to make as many different things as possible. Well, we There's went some sausage to the, gravy and biscuits. We went All to American? the international culinary school, so mm -hmm. we went literally around the world in our college. Like each quarter was a different country. Country. We went to Jamaica. We went to Japan. We went to China. We went uh, American, Italian. We went literally all over the world to to learn all kinds of different foods. Wow, that's pretty fantastic. Mm -hmm. I know um, my culinary experiences, and again, I don't have a palate. It's like if you take me to gourmet food, I enjoy it, but I can't sit there and, and break down what's, what I'm eating. So just, you know, it, I just don't have that knack. But um, so my, my ex, being a really good cook, one day said, that's it, I'm not cooking anymore. He said, here, Anika, you're cooking from now on. And I'd only been his sous chef, you know, I always did all the preps for him, but I'd never, you know, like I said, I, it, and still to this day, I just prefer doing a one-pot thing, you know, just throw it all in one pot and hope that it all comes out. But um, anyhow, at the time, I was bartending at night, so I had my days available to me. And I um, started cooking from uh, magazines, Oh. And I found that food and wine was always yeah. fail-safe. I tried all the other magazines, and the recipes didn't always work. But I could cook from food and wine. And as long as I followed the recipes, they came out really good. And so uh, for the next couple of years, that's what I did is, you know, I prepared my menus for the, for the week based on that issue of food and wine <laughs> that had come out. I love that. And, and the, the thing is I, I started doing everything from scratch. I made my own barbecue sauce you know, um, from their recipe. I'd make my own uh, curry uh, mixes, uh, my own ice cream, uh, the bread, all even the basic ingredients that were necessary. If I could, I'd break it down and do it. Now, I still don't taste any better than I did before. You know, uh -huh. it, it hasn't really helped. But I understand how, how food is made and, and what makes a really good meal. And what happened is my in-laws came to visit from Greece, and they spent three months. And that three-month period that they were there, they never had the same meal twice. Nice. So I really, I really cooked around the world. i got to give you but that I had, I had, nice. Thank you. I had an arsenal of food and wine yeah. annuals and things like that and, you know, just everything. So... It was like, wow, yeah. But I, I couldn't do that again. But I, I so admire people that uh, can just go open up the fridge and say, okay, and like, like the oatmeal um, yeah. and apple. I mean, you know, you, you basically just found whatever you had in your pantry, mm -hmm. and it came out spectacular, right? Yeah. I, that's I can't do and that. And that was for breakfast. That wasn't <laughs> for like a quick lunch or something. Right. That right, was right. early in the morning kind of breakfast. Right. Uh, and there, you know, my, I know my wife loves cheese, <laughs> and uh, you know the only way to appease a rat is to keep giving <laughs> it the cheese it craves. And I love burgers. Okay. But in order for me to sit down and have a meal with my wife, I got to slather her burger in cheese. Okay. So I made a grilled cheese cheeseburger. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> That's your your anniversary dinner right there. Oh my god! Oh, who would ever think of that? You would. Well, yes. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the first one to put it out out there, but 
I, I definitely like giving it that name, the grilled cheese cheeseburger. Yeah. Because honestly, if I were ever to do a restaurant, that's one of the burgers I'd like to serve as just comfort food. Well, the thing is, hamburger buns are just pretty tasteless. Mm -hmm. They're they're nothing but a vehicle, you know, yeah, instead of having... Right. So you don't get burger sauce on exactly. your fingers. Exactly. But the bread on a grilled cheese is... Can be great. Oh, Who doesn't uh -huh. love that toasted, buttered brown yeah. bit on the bread? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I've been made aware... Oh, you were one lucky lady. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have been made aware of some travesties in my wife's life. Uh, I mean, we were living together probably six years before I've heard that she had never had good roast beef. And uh, she'd never had a roast beef sandwich. So I said, well, that ends today, and I made her a nice roast beef. Besides, like, a roast beef at... Like going to the store and buying and you, it, and you yeah, know they, they yeah, just yeah. cover it in sauce, and you can't right, you can't right. see the work that went into it. I know, but I mean, but nothing, look at that coloring on it. Exactly, mm -hmm. I have never had a roast beef that color. Yeah, and so then we made marble rye roast beef paninis. Mm -hmm. And you know we eat good. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> for for the audience that's listening, if you could only see the pictures that I'm viewing right now, oh my God! Is all I, I can you? say is like, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is this is fabulous. Um, so your plan is ultimately to come up here and possibly open up some kind of a joint up here, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I've seen a guy selling uh, candied nuts over here in front of the, the yes, gas station. the Chevron, yeah. And uh, I've been... Uh, tempted. I've been tempted to put out a tamale stand just to, just to give, you know, something to start out with. Uh, I've been, uh, I've been uh, reaching out to the people in the community to find out what kind of foods they're lacking out in this area. Chinese is... Chinese has been probably the biggest response I've gotten. <laughs> As the people are looking for Asian cooking, mm -hmm. and uh, well, the the uh, Kauia Market, I believe, is opening up with a uh, Asian. Yeah, uh, we we we, we heard it's coming. Yeah, but you know, we've been here a year, and we heard it was coming when we got up here, and we haven't seen anything yet. Um, I mean, I I'm a little impatient when it comes to to food that I want to bring, so I'm looking for venues. I'm looking for people that. Uh, Maybe would like to share the bounty with their neighbors and friends and invite maybe possible business contacts uh, just to say, hey, this is the new chef in town. This is what he does. If, you know, maybe if, uh, if the public is willing, uh, we can all work together. You know, they say a rising tide lifts all ships. So, uh, you know, we, I would love to do farm to table here and work with the, the local farms and ranches. Right. Uh, I think it'd be a beautiful thing to, to to have all of our groceries, you know, sourced by our own neighbors here. Um, and you know, my my wife is is very adept with her cakes and pies and stuff. And uh, honestly, uh, ultimately for ourselves, we've always wanted a uh, like a cafe style bake shop sandwich shop. So you can come in and have coffee and pie, or you can have uh, you know a good American burger. Or a nice country dinner. You know, that's... that's uh, And that's probably what's lacking up here right now, is just that simple place to go and still have a, have a good meal, but uh, we don't have a place where you can sit down and have a cup of coffee with a friend. Right. Um, mm -hmm. and, I, and I love, I love that when people sit down with a good meal, that they're more talkative. 
You know, if, if, if you go out with your friends and, and you're having a bad meal, you really kind of want to get through the meal. You don't sit there and jabber on it. You just get it done and, okay, thanks, and pay the bill and leave. But if you were sitting down to something good, you start attacking it slow and you start savoring each bite. And then, oh, my gosh, have you tried this? You share your food with your friend. So, you know, now you've already passed on something, even, you know, though it might have been one bite. Now someone else is tempted. So the next time they come out, they know that they can try something else. Right. So I think uh, that's what we're lacking is really the, the camaraderie and that comes with fellowshipping over dinner. Um, you know, big family-style dinners. A lot of people don't sit at home anymore and eat. You know, it's too easy to just put a Pop-Tart in and, and run off. You know, uh, you know something in the microwave and, and you're good to go. But uh, if, you, if you went out to eat... <laughs> um, well, you know, that's kind of the premise of Pika. The, uh, you know, the Swedish coffee break. It's not just going like to a Starbucks and getting a cup of coffee and drinking it in your car or whatever. Right. It's like you, you come and you bring, the, bring it to the table and you have something sweet to eat and you sit and you have conversation. Yeah. What we're doing today, you know, and that, that, that's exactly that. it. It's the, the so, social aspect of it. My grandma used to come and get her hair combed by my mother every weekend before church. And, uh, and what they would do is they would put on a pot of coffee and they'd bring a dozen donuts and uh, they, they would just gab for a couple of hours till my mom got my grandma's hair done. And it, for me, it was good to see my grandma. I, love, uh, I loved having her over because she was always so you know, nice to us. Of course. And you know, who doesn't love their grandma? Right. And, uh, and my mom was a little more easy to get along with when my grandma was around. <laughs> So, um, you know, it was always a pleasure, and, and just the conversation that they had, it, it, even if it was in Spanish and we didn't understand it, the fact that there was something going on, that it was live in the kitchen, you know, in the middle of a weekend, when we're normally, you know, half asleep, because we got up too early to watch cartoons, you know? Uh-huh, gotcha. That, I, I, I miss the camaraderie. You know, uncles would walk, pop in, or, you know, the neighbor would stop by, oh, what smells so good? You know, we don't have that anymore. Everybody's got their front door locked because they're paranoid. Right. And I can understand that because the world is a, is a very spooky place. But uh, if you could go to a restaurant and just, you know, like look over at a, at a neighbor's table and say, hey, what did you get there? That looks great. And, you know, and have them respond to you. Oh, it is great. Maybe you want to try this. <clears throat> Something like that. You, you know, it'd be, it'd be nice, again, to just wake up conversation. And I think food is a good way to do that. And we would do that with a lot of members in our church when we were in Texas. And here's one meal that we set forth um, at a friend's house. They uh, they killed a deer. Yeah, the, the husband was a hunter, Jim. And, uh, and he killed a deer, and he was like, what can you do with deer? And I told him, well, I can make you a nice deer roast. Mm -hmm. So and we did the roast. Salad. She made the salad dressing and, and chopped salad. And you made money nuts. I, <laughs> I made what we called money nuts, which are just candied nuts with my own special seasonings. We call it money nuts because when he was in college, the chef called his nuts money nuts. He said these nuts are money, as in you could totally oh, make money. Right. And uh, we we made we made uh, uh, potatoes, <coughs> uh, gratin, I think it was. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, was gravy, yeah, scalloped potatoes. That's what it was. So there's a nice bright salad that we yeah. have. There's that mutton roast. And the gravy was the, from the the, the drippings. Drippings the, from the meat. And the best part Can't about it. Can't think any other way you're having it. The best part about it was when Jim went back for more gravy and, 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 and deer. I was like, all right. That let me know he liked it. Yeah. Because yeah. he's a light eater. Very cool. 
Yeah, so I mean, and we we talked about that roast for for a couple of weeks after that. That's, it just kept getting around. It's like, when are we gonna do that again? You know? Right. So there's some things that we do miss about where we came from and the, the people we spent a lot of our time with. But we, you know, we believe we can have that anywhere. You know, we we just gotta keep being ourselves. Well, if you bring the food and in the bakeries, people will come. You know. Uh, you know what's so popular in the in the big cities is the uh, pop-up restaurants. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you could do? Or do you have to be a licensed restaurant in order to, to do a pop-up? Uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of red tape in different states. Um, and it, it, we just gotta find out what the red tape is here. As I, I'm not plugged into legalities for most of it. I mean, I, I am a certified chef. I do have my manager's card uh, for handling food. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Pop-up restaurants usually have to have facilities as well as being able to cook on, on site. Right. You have okay. to have facilities for storage, facilities for cleanliness, facilities for the uh, use of your patrons. And they have to be uh, accessed to the uh, disabled and things like that. Accessible. So there, there's, a, there's a lot of things that you got to have to even start a pop-up. Okay. So it's not as easy as just starting one. Yeah, because anybody could shut you down. You know, at a moment's notice. You know, you, you get the permit from the city that you can uh, sell food, but the city doesn't know what building you're selling out of. They can, they can just go ahead and find out about it later. Say, oh, well, we can't have you sell over there. That's not zoned for that. Or you're not up to code. All right. All right. We'll nix that idea for now then. Okay. <laughs> here's some nice uh, steak. Oh, Meat that potatoes. is lovely. Yeah. Oh, that's picture perfect. Very nice. Yeah. yeah the, the color is just a little uh, peppers and garlic that uh, we threw together for, for seasoning. I'm going to have to make sure next time when I invite you in that, uh, you know, it's not before dinner time. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting here watching yeah. the stuff you that's guys what, are making me crazy. That's what it looked like before. Oh, that's, that's good. Just hearty steak, potatoes, and veggies. That is yeah. a one-inch thick porterhouse, I think. And then I'm putting the sauce on. Pika with Anika. You're listening to KOYT Anza, your public radio station. Attention Mountain residents. The second Saturday of every month from 10.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. at the Anza Electric Cooperative, there will be a food giveaway. In November, it will be Saturday, November 9th. Don't miss this free event, which includes Find Food Bank's Mobile Pantry, CalFresh App Assistance, Free Community Health Resources. Bring your own reusable bags to take food home with you. This is made possible by Find Food Bank, Anza Electric Cooperative, The High Country Conservancy, the American Heart and Stroke Association, and Borrego Health. They would like to thank the volunteers for helping make this food giveaway a success. Volunteers are always welcome, and if anyone is interested in volunteering, please contact the AEC office at 951-763-4333. The Mobile Pantry for November, Saturday, November 9th, at the Anza Electric Cooperative. During a wildfire, firefighting resources are limited and firefighters must often make quick decisions on which homes they can work on defending. 
Implementing FireWise actions at your home will increase the chances that firefighters will be able to try and protect your property. Residents play a major role in protecting their lives and property. To be most effective, neighbors need to work together along with their local fire service to achieve greater wildfire safety. Ensure that homes and neighborhoods have clearly marked street names and numbers. Know two ways out of the neighborhood for safe evacuation during a wildfire. Create phone and text trees to alert residents about local fires. Sign up for emergency notifications. And lastly, talk to your HOA to make sure you are in compliance with existing community rules or regulations on vegetation. For more information, go to firewise.org. K-O-I-T-L-P Anza. Welcome back to Fika with Anika. That's that's good, just hearty steak, potatoes, and veggies. That is a one-inch thick porterhouse, I think. And then I'm putting the sauce on. Yeah, nice. And we have learned from um, while we were in culinary school, but not from culinary school, from um, the Food Network channel, we learned how to age our own steaks. So we've done that. And I think we did that with those steaks there. Yeah. We aged them, um, I think it was a week. A week. Yeah. And it intensifies the flavor of the meat. And it's just so much more amazing in, in, a, in, in the steak. Cheddar poblano potato soup. <clears throat> that looks just so hearty and lovely. And I love poblanos. Yeah. This soup got me one of the best compliments I'd ever had. As a a friend of ours happened to have a bowl of soup before he went out on a mission. And as he went out on this mission, he actually got mugged. And he was beaten severely Mm. in the bushes somewhere. And when he came home, he was bloody and trees in his hair and everything. And he said, if I would have died today, at least I had a bowl of your soup. I I could have died happy. Oh. Goodness. So I was like, well, I'm glad you didn't die, but, <laughs> but you know, thanks for letting oh, me know, that's man. That's fantastic. Boy, and that is probably the ultimate. Soup weather's coming. Right. Yeah. Just see what time. So, so just imagine now that, that if there was um, some kind of a, a, a catastrophe and the fire at the house or something. Now, Stephanie, you as a baker, and Tony, you as a, as a chef, what is that one tool that you would take with you out of that burning house? My wife. Well, I'm talking about a... a, oh. a right. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'll let you uh, answer that first. I don't know. I, my chef bag from school. Oh, okay. Yeah. That has all of her knives and her... Uh, uh-huh. All of the... Uh, all of our tools in it. Yeah. From college. Like all of the tips for her, for her piping... All of the brushes and, and things to make stuff smooth and mm-hmm. appealing. Okay. Right. So that's the one thing. And Tony, what would you have? Do you have a favorite frying pan or something that... Uh, I actually have names for most of my equipment because I've... I've my grandma's cast iron pan would definitely be coming out of the <laughs> fire. 
<laughs> well, we can just wait till the fire dies down and go back. Well, that's true. It would be, it would be, <laughs> it would be thoroughly heated through. <laughs> Actually, it probably would survive it just fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think it would be the only thing to survive this fire. Well, yeah. And the Dutch ovens, because they're cast iron. Deer sausage stuffed mushrooms. What did I tell you about oh. all the pictures that we were going to be showing? Oh, you? yeah, I know. I My you. wife made a trifle. My first trifle. That's uh, it's, looks pretty good for the first try. Yep. It's homemade chantilly, which is Cool Whip. And it's got pears and peaches pineapples. and pineapples. And I made a sponge cake for the cake. And mm -hmm. I made a simple syrup. I don't remember Excuse what kind who, of... Who made the simple syrup? Okay, Tony made the simple syrup. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember what the flavor was was for the simple I, syrup. I used the pineapple juice. Oh, that's right. And I mixed it with a little alcohol. Uh -huh. So I made it a little boozy. And uh, and once it uh, cooked down into a nice syrup, um, we soaked the sponge cake in it. Mm -hmm. And man, it was delicious. The, the, mm. We thought the size of this thing, it was going to last us a week. It didn't last two days. <laughs> We had, we, there was our four neighbors, adults. Our neighbors um, the neighbors helped too. Yeah. Okay. Yes, right. there was four adults eating on this cake for two days, but, but, but here's still. But here's the sauce that I made. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's clear sauce. You know, the, the simple syrups are delicious. And, mm -hmm. and I love it. Here's my clam chowder. Okay. It's just, there's, a, uh, there's just a variety of things that we do that we, we can't get enough of. Do you, do you like hash browns? Typically not. No, yeah. no potatoes, no fried potatoes. Well, no, yeah, I'm okay with potatoes, but it's like I, I wouldn't go out of my way for hash browns. Oh, that looks nice, though. Is it playing yet? All right, so this is what it looks like. Hash browns before the flip. I was going to say before the flip, yeah. And? It stayed in one piece. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. I can smell it from here. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Beautiful. All right. Very good. So we just uh, watched hash browns. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. This there's uh, there's no end. I think because I'm always learning. I I'm constantly watching cooking shows and uh, trying to come up with new ideas. One of the ideas that I had that was a real hit uh, a couple of years ago was a uh, taking leftovers from Thanksgiving and making them into egg rolls. Oh, man, that was so amazing. And, and then I made a sweet and sour so cranberry like, sauce. We we got tired of eating the same leftovers for like three or four days, right, after eating a big, massive um, Thanksgiving dinner. Right. And so after that fourth day of eating just turkey and mashed potatoes and cranberry sauce and all of that stuff as you did for Thanksgiving. It's like, oh my God, it's just like, okay, I don't want that anymore. It's just old. But then he created this egg roll and it's like mouth-watering, like oh. yum. Yeah, I mean, and we finished all of the leftovers. Right. And we were right, looking right. for more. <laughs> that's not it. No, no, that's just no, that's, that's a flat iron potatoes. steak, potatoes with some sauteed green beans. Yeah. And some garlic toast. Lovely. Yeah, just running through some pictures, babe. Mm -hmm. But the, so the... How bond you guys? 
So the um, egg roll was just a I regular. Like soups. The re was a regular um, egg roll uh, wrap, and then we just stuffed turkey and ham and mashed potatoes. I think a little, yeah, a little bit of gravy for moisture in there, and he fried that up in uh, in the cast iron, and then we took a jar, uh, a can of cranberry sauce. The jelly cranberry sauce, and we melted that down in a pan with um, apple cider vinegar. With some apple cider vinegar and some sugar and water, and just made it into a sauce. Into a sauce. Sweet and sour sweet dipping and sauce. Sour. Into a sweet and sour dipping sauce, and dipped um, the egg rolls oh, savory. It was. So amazing, and it was just like eating a Thanksgiving dinner all over again, but but better, but better. Yeah, I can understand. That. Elevated better, and it yeah. was like, amazing. What do you give the rat that loves her grilled cheese sandwich? Um, a double decker grilled cheese. Grilled cheese sandwich with grilled cheese grilled on the outside of it. <laughs> what? How'd you do that? It's, yeah. it's right an cheese? inside inside out sandwich. Yeah, well, it's inside and inside out. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I put some cheese on the grill in the shape of a piece of bread. Yeah. And I let it toast itself down to the point where you could actually stick it to the bread. Oh. And then when I flipped it over, I just dabbed a little of that oil off, and and there you go, grilled cheese with cheese. Yeah, he made me fried cheese on top of a grilled cheese. That's that's <laughs> a that's a true expression of love. That is love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, talk about cheese! Uh, I don't know. Um, in my burgers, I like a good size burger, and I didn't mean it has to be like large round. I just I like. Well, that's pretty big right there. Yeah, it, it seems big, right? Okay. Um, you know, I wanted to make sure that we got it in that you could see that it was stuffed with cheese. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so that's why it was that size. Okay. So when you cut into it, you know, it was right. this cheddar cheese. Right. And by chance, was that your home baked buns? I think um, that might have been a ciabatta bun. That might have been a, a like homemade a, yeah. ciabatta bun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it might have been her ciabatta mm -hmm. buns. It yep. looked like it. Yeah, Excellent. When, when she does, when she makes breads, um, she knocks me out. These, I had no idea were gluten-free. And I've yeah. always been uh, skeptical of gluten-free being any kind of good because the store-bought gluten-free that I've tasted has left me wanting severely. Right, it's cardboard. Yeah, yeah, and when I tasted this banana bread, I flipped my wig when she said it was gluten-free. I couldn't believe it. I, I was ready to make the switch that day. <laughs> I, I loved it so much. It tasted like fresh banana bread, like moist and flaky and okay. crispy. I was like, mm -hmm. how did you do that? She said, I don't know. I just did it. What? Yeah. And they have it's that. a certain kind of flour I use. Okay. Because um, when in Texas, there's a lot of people that are making the switch to gluten-free um, dietary because of dietary needs, and so and one of our friends from church there gave me some flour so that I could make her some gluten-free pastries and or breads and stuff, and so I. Tried those and I she was already selling banana bread, and so I did some gluten free option banana bread. And I tried the two in 
like I, I made it different okay. or I made them the same but I made them in different mixers so that it would be completely 100% gluten free and like no um, cross contamination with the gluten from the other mixer okay. and then I uh, I tasted it after it came out of the oven and I made him taste it too the 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 differences it was amazing how much it tasted was it better good. Than, than than better than regular banana bread or equal to equal to equal to but it was a thousand times better than Any anything free product I've ever anything oh, you yeah. can buy from the store and that's why I was surprised too because like I've never liked anything that is gluten free from the store either but when I made that gluten-free banana bread i was amazed and i was ready to make the switch too i was right. like salmon lapkis wow, wow lovely mm-hmm. okay. <clears throat> um. so when it comes to the different flours then uh for the gluten-free there's like you know uh I, coconut flour and almond, almond flour and I things think we like that red or, mill i no, we didn't use bob's red mill oh. Um, I used a different kind of flour. It was in a white and blue bag, but it, I don't remember the name of it. I'd have to call my friend from Texas, but, um, she, she gave me her flour to use for her, for me to make some stuff for her. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's how I know, like, I want to get that flour again because I liked using that flour so you think it's only available regionally so like you have to get it from texas like import it from texas i don't think so well, i mean I there's think... some things that they, they just haven't figured a way out other than through the internet to distribute them mm-hmm. globally or you know at least nationally because well, there, there's a certain brand of milk that i like that they only have in texas right and that's the uh, promised land dairy they have some delicious milk and uh uh that flour, I, I don't think I've seen anywhere outside of Texas, and it just might be that they're not that big a company yet. Right. That's fried she, rice with fried shrimp. Rice, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're gonna have to eat well, your ribs. On the I phone. know. We're going soon. Though. <laughs> yeah. uh, here's yeah. here's a standard breakfast that we usually have. I like mine peppered. Okay. Do you have your own chickens? No. Yeah, we have, do well, have our own chickens well, now. My brother has chickens. Okay. But uh, we, so you you have homegrown eggs. We haven't been eating. Oh, nice. We haven't been eating eggs lately. Um, we've. Uh, yeah, our standard breakfast is hash browns, eggs, and a meat. It's either linguisa or chorizo or bacon, or bacon or sausage. I like. I prefer bacon over everything because I like bacon. Well, it's bacon. Yeah. But, um, yeah, um, the, like, that's our traditional breakfast. And then this is the reason my wife loves my fried rice. Nice variety. It, it's got big veggies in it. Mm, and, instead of little chunks. Yeah. yeah. And like, you can actually, she makes a creme brulee to die for. Now that's, yeah, that's pretty hard to do. Oh, actually, uh, when she first made it, she wanted me to take a picture of it, and I was already like that far into it. <laughs> and it was like, you wanted me to take a picture when? Because 
I was almost As done. Tony is showing me a picture of a half-eaten cream brulee. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah, the, the, you know, the intent was good. It's uh, stir-fry vegetables mm -hmm. with noodles. Right. Yeah, we, we, um, we just found that food is too good to stick yourself into one style of cooking or eating. And being creative uh, with it, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to get the most exotic ingredients. It just means changing the way you're used to eating it. Right. But, you know, it's hard to, to imagine how to cook it sometimes. And, and I'm dependent on cookbooks and visuals and, and seeing something on TV that I like. Um, I can't just, like, come up with, you know, like, open the fridge and come up with an idea. But, uh, do you guys have, like, a favorite cookbook or anything that you use as, a, as an aid? We actually have a, a favorite chef that we follow. Um, and he's, he's, he's more of an intellectual. He's Alton Brown. Oh, he's fabulous. I love him. The he, science behind everything. Exactly. Uh -huh. Yeah, exactly. Um, once, you, once you know where things come from and how to get there, it, it takes away the fear of using that ingredient. You know, because when you, when you find out, you know, you got to use preserved lemons for something, it's like, well, who eats preserved lemons, you know? Well, you will once you do it yourself. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's just too good to not try after you learn how to make it. We also like Cook's Country um, oh, the test kitchen? Yes, yes. the test I, kitchen. Yeah, I watch the test kitchen mm -hmm. all the time. And, you know, I, I love watching the foods, but I love the gadget reviews that they yes. use. It's like finding out which is the best pizza peel or, mm -hmm. or the best mm -hmm. potato peeler. That's like, how we learn how to... A good Dutch oven. Yeah. That's how we got the Dutch ovens that we have, and also how we learned how to heat our cast iron fully and properly because they did a test where they put one on the stove and they put their finger on it and was like see this isn't getting hot you have to you have to actually put it in the oven like preheat the oven put it in the oven for a good 15 20 minutes i think they said and the whole cast iron has to get completely hot before you take it out and start cooking with it because it it won't get fully hot like it's supposed to, like, ideally, just by heating, heating up. from the bottom. From the right. bottom. Yeah, from, right. Yeah, no, I get, the, I get that person. That's how, like, he was telling you earlier. But you got that from how, Test Kitchen that's or how, Cook's Country, mm -hmm. one yeah. of the two. Yeah, yeah, we used to, when we were in college, we used to watch that and Alton Brown all the time. Ah, I found, mm -hmm. I found the egg rolls. That that's your turkey dinner. That is turkey dinner. Well, and the colors roll. off a little bit, but I can definitely yeah. tell that it's midnight turkey and stuffing with mushroom <laughs> egg rolls, sweet and sour cranberry sauce, leftovers no more. Is the caption to the picture? <laughs> very very cool. I forgot but, about that. <laughs> leftovers no more. That's yeah. that's a good way. We we do like to try and change our leftovers, like the stew. Exactly perfect example okay so the other night that he made the stew that he was um that he was talking about that my mom wanted to get the recipe for the next night i used those leftovers from the stew and we made homemade nachos and homemade cheese sauce and we 
put I put the stew the that's the stew that my I mom saw <laughs> and um you can show her a picture of the nachos that should be oh, in the there. nachos yeah mm -hmm. um and so I put the the stew the leftover stew from that on top of the homemade nachos and the cheese sauce over it and ah oh, Oh my gosh! Oh, that, so that's good. comfort food extraordinaire. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. oh wow! And it, it was no leftovers because yeah. all of the leftovers were made into something brand new. Oh and yeah! And a homemade pico, uh, pico de gallo, pico de gallo with um, yellow bell peppers. with yellow bell peppers in it, so it wasn't too spicy. It had a it had one jalapeno in it, but it. I mean the the color is what I really liked about it. That's one I mean when the plate's the done you, you you lick the plate. Yeah, yeah I I can see that happening. So you must have been there watching me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it I mean I love it when we can change leftovers into something completely different and we have done that so many times. And it, it's amazing. Because a lot of a lot of times leftovers get pushed to the back or get tossed out, tossed out because you're like, I'm not feeling this anymore, and I j and you're just oh. like, ugh, exactly, yeah. and you're just done with it. But to be able to create it into something new and or to just add something different to the side, uh, I made a a, por a Puerto Rican rice uh, arroz con gandulas. Okay. To go with the beef stew, and it uh, changed the flavor again. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, uh, we like beef stew, but we like beef stew with something. And so he mm. put rice, and those were olives that he garnished on top of the rice. Okay. And it was just so good. So good, so good. Mm. Wow. Wow. Well, it's definitely my stomach is saying after watching all those pictures and everything, it's it's dinner time for me now. Uh, <laughs> you guys have been really fantastic. I uh, I hope you guys manage to venture out somehow, figure out a way here that you can uh, share your skills here with people. If it's if either by serving them or or uh, doing private lessons like you, what you were talking about or. Uh, you know. We hope to. Yeah. Yeah. If uh, anyone out there is interested in getting in touch with us to find out about private lessons or maybe catering or something uh, brought to your house, you can always find us uh, at uh, on Facebook under Tony Anzuris. That's uh, O N Z U R E S, or Stephanie as the uh, same last name. Or uh, you can reach us at five zero one six one five five zero five nine. And leave a message, and we'll get back to you. Okay. And uh, again, if you have any questions for my guest, you can leave um, an email with programming at koyt971.org. Put FIKA, F-I-K-A, in the subject line, and in the body of the text, address your question, and I will get it to the chefs. Thank you for listening in, everyone, and bon appetit. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this week's Cup of Fika with Annika. Tune in Wednesdays at 3 p.m. and a replay on Sundays at 1 p.m. If you have any questions or comments for me or my guests, 
please send an email to programming at koyt971.org and put FICA in the subject line. Enjoy the rest of your day.